Hi. Before we get into this episode, I would like to thank five people. Five people like Michelle Grimmer, Thomas Maglio, Volpes, Stephen, and Chris Roy. All five of these people have generously gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and pledged some money to keep this show and others like it on the network going. Thank you so much, and thank you to anybody else who might be considering doing that. Okay, on with the show. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, which is an Egovania game, Metroidvania game, developed and published by Konami for the Nintendo DS in 2008. Yeah, the swan song mm-hmm. of this uh, this kind of miniseries here. Yeah. Um, and this is June's premium episode. And unlike the last like several episodes, uh, this was produced... By Gary and Cole. Yeah, we were wanting to play it. (laughs) Yep, Uh, we needed we needed something that would fit into this, and uh, I love this game. Uh, This is really good, and I had Mm -hmm. wanted to come back to it for a while, so we took the opportunity. Yes, and it's been a minute. Yeah, since we've uh, since we've done one of these. Not that we've done you know a Metroidvania because this Mm -hmm. year has been kind of heavy in uh, Metroidvanias, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's been a while since we have done something in the Castlevania series yes the last one we did was actually symphony of the night i think mm-hmm. i uh, forget if wild. we i forget if we did the original um or castlevania live show before or after we did symphony of the night but yeah. uh this is a uh it's a series that i love me too and this is all just paving the way for the eventual castlevania 2 redemption mm-hmm. episode i've been uh, we... i'll come at that yeah. guns blazing <laughs> yep yep i got my my six guns mm-hmm uh and six shooters as well mm-hmm. um yeah it, it we're it's it, it, it's a it's a gun related yeah. podcast posture uh <laughs> is what we got going on uh yeah. when it comes to castlevania 2 mm-hmm. um largely because of the soundtrack uh for me <laughs> um yeah. so in uh this in this game uh you play a shinoa uh which i also kept calling whenever i read it i kept calling it uh Shanwao. I just kept thinking uh, different ways. But Shinoa, I think, is how it's pronounced. I don't know if they print if they say it out loud right. in the speech parts. Yeah, Shinoa, um, Shanoa, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Shanoa, uh, who is an amnesiac uh, servant of the Order of Ecclesia, and you use uh, this glyph magic, and and the order does to keep Dracula at bay uh, in the absence of the Belmont clan. This is right. we are Belmontless. Repeat. <laughs> yeah this is uh the 19th century uh this is when in the timeline the belmont clan kind of uh dissolved 
this is the first mm-hmm. Castlevania game that has a um, has a female protagonist, uh, or at least mm-hmm. the first mainline uh, Castlevania game, uh, and also the the only Castlevania game, the only main one that does not have the vampire killer whip in it somewhere. Yeah, uh, people rending garments. Mm-hmm. What a what a TV trope's broken base. <laughs> This, this, this is um, yeah no it's yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> but it but it plays so well like none yeah, of it's that a, it's canon a stuff matters yeah it's very it's very different but mm-hmm. it's uh it's rad yeah um you know Shinoa is awesome mm-hmm. uh and i don't care about missing that whip yeah you know i, I know. love a whip there, but... there there have been so many like so many of the games where you don't even use the whip really it's just kind of used by a character in the background yeah, it's fine. Well, yeah, just an optional whip, and right. it's like that was always a silly thing to fight a vampire with in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, you fight yeah. him with wooden stakes, man. Like it's, right. it's like I know I know a thing or two about vampires, and mm-hmm. it's not, they're not weak against whips. Nobody's weak against whips. <laughs> you know, <laughs> except except for farm animals who are very dumb and don't like loud noises. Uh, yeah. Horses don't like being whipped, uh, and this is, you know, a, a big departure. Not just not just because of those uh, little little lore reasons, you know, especially on like portable systems. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. for the entire decade of the aughts, uh, starting with Circle of the Moon, you ended up being really used to having the, you know, the the Symphony of the Night style exploration. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing where you are in one big place that you are kind of crisscrossing back and forth and getting, getting abilities. This kind of goes back to, um, <laughs> goes back to slash is a hybrid between the symphony of the night style and a more stage based kind of design. Yeah. Which is the other reason why it made sense for us to do it. Like we've done symphony of the night. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we'll never do like Dawn of Sorrow. Cause yeah, I like that game a lot. Yep. We'll, we'll do other Igivinia games, but there's less to kind of talk about them with that. Uh, excuse that noise listeners. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I have addressed the problem. <laughs> okay. like, Pocket, stop it, dude. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. <laughs> like he just, like I squirted him and he like ran away from it. And he looked over mm. his shoulder, like maybe one last big score. Hmm. And I was like, no, no last big score. I'm, I'm, Retire I'm a, with having I'm a playful baby. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is a playful baby. He's going to need lots Milton. of <laughs> Little Milton. Um, the, uh, so since we've already done Symphony of the Night, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the early Igavania portal cast, portable Castlevanias, mm-hmm. we're all kind of chasing that. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, never quite get it. Like, I like those games a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, but I don't like any of them as much as Symphony of the Night, except for this one. Right. And the reason why I like this as much is because it's so different. I think mm-hmm. that hybridization works really, really well. But this will end up being a cilantro-ass game. Uh, yeah, people. Like, yeah. There will be people who listen to this are like, oh, I can't believe you guys like that. You mm-hmm. know, Give me Neo, Neo Tokyo Mega Dracula in the anime zone. And I'm like, no. no give me give- this incredibly difficult stage-based castlevania that also gives you a cool <laughs> castle to explore yeah if you're just a little patient yeah you if know? you just it just like the back third of the game is what you want it's there you like you get yep. everything <laughs> yeah it is, it is all things to all people right um the kind of the second departure for this especially you know among the trilogy of um portable castlevanias that this is a part of um and even a departure from symphony of the night this is a hard game um, Castlevania yeah. kind of moved yeah. away from away from difficulty uh, for 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 a while, kind of in favor of in favor of exploration, in favor of you know a little bit more, I would say, expression in the way that you mm-hmm. get around. 
um, you know, this is not difficult in the way that like Castlevania three is difficult. We're going to get, you know, knocked into bottomless pits. There are no bottomless pits or anything. This is, uh, like an exploration of the Castlevania combat system more than anything. Which is really interesting because yes. that is something that has been backseated mm -hmm. for quite a while. You know, like it, it does have a lot in common with those early Castlevanias, the difficulty, you know, it's less cheap. Mm -hmm. But those games were also about, you know, when we covered Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3, going back to those, it's like, this is not bad stiff controls. This is, you know, knowing how many stun, you know, frames you get when you hit an enemy yeah. and timing around it and stuff. It's about planning. It's slow and deliberate. This game has a lot of that DNA mm -hmm. uh, to it. And it is consequently, like, there are bosses in Symphony of the Night, and we'll put the Lobos disclaimer out there. Like, of course, you can no damage all the bosses. Yes. But at its, at its and I, it's not even the worst because I love Symphony of the Night, but at its, like, most basic, Symphony mm -hmm. of the Night, like, boss fights become weird, like, like old Resident Evil boss fights where there are DPS races that are testing your healing resources. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you just kind of have to tank a lot of damage. You know, and uh, what this game did was say, like, actually, we don't want to we don't want to do that. Like, not only are we going to encourage you not to take damage, like give you a little trophy, like acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. but we're going to make it possible and also like tantalizingly, like right within your view mm -hmm. to not take damage during these bosses. Yeah, um, I didn't ace any of these. I didn't no damage any of them, but I got Same. close like, mm -hmm. several times. And it was really fun to just be like, oh, yeah, this is. This is fair. Yeah. Like this is, this is an old school pattern based boss mm -hmm. that I am looking for tells and avoiding the hip, the, you know, the hurt boxes mm -hmm. uh, based on different tells like that is the, the series doesn't really do that before this, you know, mm -hmm. like, or this, this uh, little miniature series of it. Yeah. Like it, it's, you know, in symphony of the night, like there are several bosses being a thing where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to take a good amount of damage, but I'm going to heal through. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Super Metroid. Yeah. You know, which is it's based on the way Super Metroid handled that was giving you a million hit points. Mm -hmm. The way Symphony of the Night handles it is giving you a million healing items. Yeah. Here, healing items are limited. You're discouraged from doing that. And you're encouraged to find these patterns. Mm -hmm. And you accomplish this. You know, you get those low hit runs. You master these boss fights through a very satisfying integration, not just of observing patterns and learning the move sets of your different of, of the different bosses. Um, I, you know, I think that this like weirdly has some soul stuff in it. Like this feels like mm -hmm. a 2D souls game to me to a certain degree. But you're doing that in addition to picking your gear and picking your glyphs and finding a route of attack and you, you know, figuring out which support skill you're going to use in order to like soak up those projectiles or get you around the arena. Um, it's just yeah. a really nice interplay between, you know, avatar skill um, and player skill. Yeah. Well, and, and it being a thing where it's not just, you know, it is that intersection because the player skill is obviously the dodging attacks. And then there's a uh, player, you know, non-reflex based skill in terms of like finding weaknesses yeah. and utilizing weapon arcs mm -hmm. and stuff. So keeping in mind where an enemy is in relation to you and which weapons will hit the most of that, that hitbox mm -hmm. ended up being a huge like sea change yeah. for this for me. Like if you are struggling on a boss it could be because it's hard, but you always have that sense of like, I'm going to go back and try something different. Yeah. You know, maybe the ax is what I need mm -hmm. for this. Oh, and like, oh shit, that hits twice and I can hit when I'm safe. Yeah. 
you know, you with, know. With, with with this different movement arc. So it's not just a matter of like, oh, this does piercing damage and this thing is resistant to that. It is also a matter of like the move set and how many damage yeah. frames it has in it. You know, like, can you, you know, do, does this expose you to danger when you when you use it? Or can you use something that has like a longer range or a different arc of attack, et cetera, down the line? Like, there's an awful lot that you have to, like, consider when you're going against even just regular enemies in this. Yes. And what it does by differentiating your verb set like that is upset the uh, the curve of, you know, in Civi the Night, there or other Igavinias, there is an expressiveness to play in terms of like choosing which weapon you want. Mm-hmm. But there's also a this is the best weapon like, yeah. that you can get. Race right for here. the crystal. Like right. when I Yeah, exactly. Like when when we redid uh when we did Symphony of the Night, I was surprised by how similar it was to all of my previous playthroughs mm-hmm. you know that I'd done. Where like you just oh okay, I got this sword. I got the ice brand. Mm-hmm. Now this is the stretch of the game in which I use the ice brand. You know, or or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um this is the shield rod stretch of the game yeah um you know it's it's kind of set in stone and here as opposed to it just being what you find it's what tools do i want to bring to this enemy Mm -hmm. you know there's still an optimal path but it's less like uh climbing a mountain it's less like a linear Mm -hmm. you know you just get better and better equipment yeah it it rewards you for experimenting and kind of knowing what each of these different um weapon types are going to do yeah yeah um real cool Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still, uh, you know, RPG elements. So, uh, you level up in this game. Um, you have different gear that you get, uh, clothing, different, uh, different kinds of glyphs. You get consumables. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all things you're going to use to kind of mitigate that difficulty, even though there are limits placed on a lot of the stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've got stats, you know, your regular strength and dexterity and those interplay with different types of damage, different glyphs and things like that. Uh, but your biggest advancements are going to come from, um, upgrades that you find in the world. Uh, these HP up, MP up and heart up potions. Um, so you are going to want to be pressing against the walls and looking, uh, looking for, uh, kind of secret areas where these things might be again, using your, um, Castlevania exploration sense. Like, yes, there is a wall here. Uh, like this is a place where a treasure chest might, or like, but it should be, I can stand here and press down and like bring one up where it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's still that sense of secrets, Mm -hmm. even though it does have that old school Castlevania DNA to it. Yes. Um, so instead of having weapons and spells separately, you just have glyphs. Uh, the way glyphs work is you can assign them to different buttons. There are different types mm-hmm. uh, here and you absorb them from the environment or steal them from enemies when they use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, sometimes, or when an enemy dies, mm-hmm. so an enemy dies, they can drop theirs an enemy can start to use theirs or sometimes you just find them. Yeah. Or you can and, steal them from uh, bosses when they're doing their thing. Yeah. That's uh, really yep. fun to do. Uh, this is yep. so much more satisfying to me than the soul drop system, uh, from the Soma Castlevania games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of, uh, of that system. And this would be maddening if I were seeking to get every glyph mm-hmm. or level every glyph up. Uh, there are familiar glyphs that can be leveled. Um, that would have been, that would drive me nuts. Yes. So I'm not saying this is perfect because there still is an RNG, mm-hmm. you know, uh, element to it. That is not great, but I, uh, I still prefer it as well. Yeah. Um, so both attack buttons can, uh, get a glyph and they can be any type of, you know, attack, like a spell or weapon glyph. Mm-hmm. And then you have a support slot glyph. Um, and this gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, you can do two of the same glyph. Uh, or even two different glyphs and kind of mm-hmm. do combos. Love that. Uh, 
with each other. Um, they'll interface in different ways. Like there is some soulsness to this where you are committed to animation, but there is also uh, animation canceling mm-hmm. in this uh, through using your dash, which we'll, yeah. we'll talk about. Um, so you can, there's a, a little bit like actually like quite a bit more complexity to this in terms of combos than you might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can have a weapon and a spell and make it more like a standard, you know, Castlevania kind of thing. You can have mm-hmm. a sword and then equip the, the axe as a uh, as a secondary one. And boom, when you press the your secondary attack, you throw an axe in an, in an arc like you would expect yeah. to in a Castlevania game. Um, and messing around with these, uh, finding the combination that is right is uh, pretty, pretty satisfying. Something that kind of complicates this is that all of these draw from your MP meter. And you might think, okay, that's weird. Swinging a sword does drains my mp well no think of it like a stamina meter <laughs> it regenerates it's, very very quickly yeah it's 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 basically so you cannot spam you know in an unlimited way right uh but it is something you take into account when you're choosing your your glyphs mm-hmm. so heavier hitter hitting uh glyphs do tend to take more stamina um i, I never once in my head referred to this as mp it's right. even the <clears throat> color code coded for stamina blue yeah. is the color of mp mm-hmm. green is the color of stamina right uh green or yellow or whatever color this is it's green. um green hey got in one i <laughs> uh, got in one and a half um so the uh i always thought of this as stamina and that mm-hmm. was also just another factor in the kind of matrix of complexity yeah of the the combat here mm-hmm. um so you don't just have mp uh and you do not just have the regular use attacks you've got these glyph unions that you can do by pressing up and an attack you uh do this kind of special that most times will cover a lot of space and do a lot of damage. Uh, what attack results from this kind of depends on the combination of things uh, that you have equipped of glyphs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so element and shape of attack and things like that. And these draw down on your heart meter uh, and you collect hearts from the environment or more often you restock on them in your home base. Yeah, this is a huge difference yeah. than how hearts are treated in other Castlevanias. You know, hearts always powered sub-weapons mm-hmm. previous to that. Here, uh, it is, it's like a, uh, they're very hard mm-hmm. to refill in the field. Yeah. Um, you know, it is something where you leave town with a certain amount of this resource mm-hmm. and then generally want to save these for tough situations or bosses. Right. Um, to kind of spam them on that and get a lot of damage very quickly. Uh, but really, really hard to refill. As opposed to a more traditional Castlevania where you're running around breaking lamps to get a steady stream uh, of hearts. This makes your your bread and butter things regenerate on their own, which is great. And then uh, turns hearts into this special uh, kind of consideration mm-hmm. that you have. Um, and budgeting that between trips to town was really compelling. Mm-hmm to me like uh am i going to face a boss how many hearts do i need to save for the boss mm-hmm. if i'm not going to face a boss is there one enemy that pops up that is a huge pain in the ass that i need to address <laughs> immediately yeah you know i just need to, to to dps down as soon as possible before they can get a hit off yeah uh, um this adds meaning to um the stage exits that you can find and also the teleport uh, kind of things you might think okay uh the teleporters why would you need those when the areas are smaller you know usually the teleporter mm-hmm. would take you kind of like from one level to another within the within the larger castle well here when you find a teleporter room like this might give you a chance to you know go to, to get closer to an exit to go back to town so you don't have to use one of your magical tickets to get out and you know re-up on your hearts that you might have used too much of too early 
um yeah. you know you might be able to tell you know you, you might want to teleport to uh to a save point which will recover all of your uh hp uh like a bonfire does you know yeah 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 um and it's it's also this interplays with the uh consumable system in this mm -hmm. uh in a way as well where healing items are expensive um pretty limp mm -hmm. you know until you start putting real real money into them right. and you're limited to holding nine of them mm -hmm. uh, of any individual type so as opposed to a symphony of the night where you're just loaded up mm -hmm. you know like i'm just i'm full of, I'm, a, I'm a machine that's full of beef <laughs> you know beef machine is what i am alucard um you know and just just absolutely full of snacks um i've got maybe one or two snacks they do a pittance mm -hmm. you know in terms of healing i have you know five shitty potions and one decent potion mm -hmm. uh, you know, oh and, and then that decent potion is fucking expensive <laughs> yeah the, all the potions are so expensive so and you're limited in how many you can carry mm -hmm. so when you go back to uh town you know if you are swimming in cash which mm -hmm. is hard to become uh in this game you have that Estes like limit on how many full heals or good heals you can have. Right. Um, you know, and town can function as that as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just something where you can just stock up and just heal your way to brute force past most problems. Right. Um, but there are options for that. Like there's gear, there's a ring you can get the emperor ring. You know, you have, a you have a lot of you know, rings that are kind of coded after the, um, after the, the, the tarot, tarot cards. Right. Um, and the emperor, the emperor ring will double the effectiveness of healing items. So like, okay, yeah. like, do I want to have that? You know, do I want to use one of my two ring slots for that? Or would I be better off, you know, using that for a different set of stat ups or a different kind of, uh, innate bonus? Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, any, and, and you only have two ring slots. So that's mm -hmm. actually a huge part of the, the equipment, uh, thing of this, because the upgrades and the ring slots are interesting and meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things that, uh, give you increased drop or increased luck are really important. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when there is a chance to get a, a rare glyph mm -hmm. from an enemy. Several of the highest level, uh, basic weapon glyphs are dropped by enemies. They're not found in the environment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, having high luck when you go through the area with the guys with the big hammers is how you're going to get the gigantic hammer. Yeah. You know, if you, if, if you want that. Um, but that is such a meaningful, thing you're giving up like you're giving up the emperor so you're giving up uh, greater healing mm -hmm. or you're giving giving up like the justice ring which mm -hmm. uh scales your strength with how many enemies you've killed like total in the game yeah and you know eventually can become something that really really ups your dps yeah you know the tower one which like stops you from being knocked back like gives you a little bit of a poise mm -hmm. uh things like that um and you find these at a pretty decent clip like up until like the last area when you find the death ring which is one of the most interesting trade-offs i've seen in one of these which is like massive stat ups um but you die in one hit yeah like which just it interfaces really well with the you know the bosses uh giving you a reward for for acing the bosses right. or having that be an incentive you know mm -hmm. it's a it's a cosmetic reward it's a it's a it's an emblem. It's a trophy, but it's not, you know, it is something the game knows you, you want to do. <laughs> yes. Um, is, is, is subtly, uh, kind of encouraging you, pushing you, pushing you into doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, that's the most meaningful equipment. Of course, there's all kinds of little Castlevania detailed mm -hmm. equipment kind of things, you know, cute hats and dresses and stuff that have <laughs> different effects. Um, there is less equipment in this than most games of this genre. Right. Yeah, considerably it, so. It is funny how there are two kind of different tracks you can you can be on, either armor or um, dresses. Actually, yeah, 
um that uh boost kind of different uh uh d- different glyphs uh that you might have so you talked about like get, getting getting the the strongest sword or something like that i just want to like talk talk for a second about how funny it is that there is sword swordra and swordga yeah swordaga <laughs> swordaga yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, you, you start off with these basic, like five, I think it's five mm-hmm. uh, weapons and then there are three levels of them. Yes. Um, so, and the weapons, uh, do a decent job of being trade-offs between each other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the other rapier and the, uh, you know, the sword are pretty different. Typically I would choose the sword right. for that cause it fit my play style, but there were times where having fast rapid, you know, fast attacks would be mm. useful. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of cycle through that. So you have the level one sword and then you find the level two rapier, which mm-hmm. is better than the level one sword and faster. So mm-hmm. you do that until you find the level two sword. Right. Uh, just as an example, like that part of the, the power curve is pretty linear, mm-hmm. but there was no point in which like a large portion of the end of this game, I didn't use a weapon at all. And I mm-hmm. use the uh, earth fist oh, yeah. magic as my melee. Um, you know, you're not locked into those weapons. No, no, it's just, it's real fun to roll around just as a caster. It's super effective. And like magic is not as finite of a resource in this. So like there were it's some not like, finite at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, usually you think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to save this. No, that like that you're saving your glyph unions. But if you get, you know, like for me, the, like the early Luminatio spell that has kind of created mm-hmm. a spiral of lights around you. Um, yeah. like super important like even at the you know at the end like to keep uh, medusa heads away when you're climbing up the clock yeah. tower right and useful for um you know some of the places like we're we're keeping tons of sugar on this game yeah um this game does not have a perfect difficulty curve no, no. um it's really hard there are difficulty spikes that are inadvisable in it um that that spell is specifically really good for that where you're mm-hmm. poking against an area that maybe feels a little bit overpowered and you need to be safe yeah while attacking enemies mm-hmm um so we talk about needing to be adaptive with uh with your loadouts and things like that this would be a frustrating um uh menu tax and sometimes it does end up being a frustrating menu tax Mm -hmm. however early on you find a relic uh called the glyph sleeve that lets you kind of set up loadouts so you can have an a b and c uh set of moves uh so you can switch between them on the fly without jumping into a menu yeah uh and that's great you know, the idea, um, you know, when you talk about it sometimes being a menu tax, uh, eventually your tools that you can fit in these slots out kind of pace the amount of, uh, you know, kind of quick slots you have. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, early on, though, this was really good for having like, okay, this is my vertical, you know, this is my arcing weapon. Mm-hmm loadout this is my my straightforward loadout and this is my mm-hmm. utility loadout yeah the way this ends up getting most annoying is uh things that should have just been assigned to a button being a glyph magnus um yeah, yeah magnus <clears throat> uh the one that lets you go through walls mm-hmm. um that should i mean the one that lets you go through walls should just be always on right um you know going into a thing to equip that is pretty annoying mm-hmm. um you know but this is early for a while this is a really really elegant solution to this mm-hmm um, and even sometimes you can equip between uh, in battle. So like the uh, support spells that are buffs um, mm-hmm. are actually pretty meaningful. Yeah. So the uh, the ones that boost your strength or boost your uh, defense. And uh, there were bosses where I would use one for the opening when I was mm-hmm. you know draining all my hearts, uh, and then would switch to the defense one for when I had to whittle down the rest of the HP. Mm-hmm. You know that stuff's neat. Yeah. <laughs> the level of complexity I have not seen in a Castlevania for a while. Yeah. 
Um, um, so you good. also have some <laughs> very good. Yeah, it's a really fun game. Um, you have some baked in moves uh, that kind of everybody can use. And you can use any loadout that uh, are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, a backstep uh, dodge, which, uh, you know, this is really good and satisfying and necessary early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you eventually can get a ring or an item that gives it iframes. Um, mm-hmm. I think they should have had iframes from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a slide and then a kick jump, like a Chun Li kind of kick jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that lets you uh, kind of bounce off of um, items in the environment and also do uh, bounce from enemy to enemy. Uh, I think yeah. there's something like a, it was like a hat or a ring, something like that. It's that boots. In- that's boots. Yeah, uh, yeah, that are made for kick jumping. Um, that, uh, yep. that 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 increases what they'll do. <laughs> that increase your uh, your attack if you do enough kick jumps. Um, Success. Yeah, every kick jump, successive kick jump. Does more mm-hmm. damage, like Paper Mario or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, that's really fun. I fucked around with that a little while. It's not that effective, <laughs> right? Uh, even though I'm sure there are Lobos ask like built, like I kick jumped every boss mm-hmm. without getting hit. Yeah, uh, but it's satisfying to do. Um, the yeah. backstep dodge like feels necessary in this in a mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a in a good way. Uh, the slide is very good for like bigger bosses to get around their uh, to get to get around their projectiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's limited. Uh, you know, I did find early on wishing they had gone all out and just given you a dodge roll. Yeah. During it. You know, I understand this was kind of before that became part of our, you know. The collective vocabulary. Yeah. Vocab, yeah. But the uh, the backstep, I think, does a really good job. And if that had iframes in it, it would have basically functioned mm-hmm. as such. Um, there are also two movement gimmicks, kind of Metroidvania gimmicks. Uh, one of them is a double jump. Of course, you have a double jump. Well, there's a few of these. There's a flying one as well. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a couple. Yeah, uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple of these. But the the early on ones um, are double jump. And then Magnus, which is kind of the highlight gimmick mm-hmm. of, of this game, which is kind of a grapple. Um, you create this magnetic field around yourself. And then it, uh, there are anchors in the environment that you can kind of hover on and launch yourself mm-hmm. um, back and forth between or use it to get around and uh, use in some boss fights. Yeah. To stay safe. Um, there is an item you can get for completing one of the optional challenge zones. It allows you to put these anywhere in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Same. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Magnus is neat. Uh, I, I kind of found myself uh, thinking that it was underutilized a little bit. There are whole yeah. like levels and stretches where it's not really uh, kind of baked in. Um, well, if if they kept it baked in, you would, wouldn't be able to use anything in your support. This is true. You know, they should have made it just a button. Like, yeah. this should never have been a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked about Simon's Quest a little bit early on. Uh, something that kind of brings all of these stages together is the fact that you have a home base. Uh, the home base being a town uh, that you are kind of populating with these NPCs. Uh, who all have dialogue and some backstories and uh, side quests for you to do. And they're all thirsty as hell. Mm-hmm. For Specifically Shinoa. for Shinoa. Man and woman yeah. alike. Yeah. Yep. Like, like to, to a man, to mm-hmm. a woman, this town wants to fuck Shinoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Sundare princess with no emotions. <laughs> um, so this is, you know, similar to like a soul blazer or right. have you dark cloud, something like that. Um, when you start out, there's only one NPC and then like healing pots, like ways to, to kind of refresh in mm-hmm. town. But you, as you rescue NPCs and their cats, uh, they they start uh, showing up there, and they will give you side quests yeah. um, to do particular tasks or find specific items, and then this will either restock their shops or give you big, uh, you know, individual item kind of bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is cool. Uh, these vary. 
Yes. You know, there, there are quests that I think are really neat, and there are quests that are uh, engaged with, you know, pink tail shit. Um, yeah. Not, you're not quite pink tail, but, like, I never did the soundtrack one because I never got the horse hair to drop. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get the, the violin guy his strings. Right. You know? Yeah. And just, like, you know, pink, pink tail, for anybody who's not aware of that, like, you are depending on a pretty finicky random number generator. You know, you do have the ability to give yourself luck. Uh, to, to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to boost your luck and go and hope that the right thing drops. Um, you know, however, not all of them are like that. Like some of my favorite ones were like the vague description of the room that you had to go take a photograph or do a sketch. The photography of. one's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the photography ones are really fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the sketch one is really cool too. Yeah. Those are my, they're probably my two favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's a lot of flavor. Uh, it's good, mm-hmm. you know. I think that like if you are approaching this and you are you want to do a minimum of the um, you want to do a minimum of the rare drop stuff. Really, the only NPC that does that that you really really need to engage with is Aeon the cook. Um, because, yeah. because uh, the potions are expensive and the basic one is not very good. Food items that Aeon can make when you bring him ingredients like first uh, salt and then um, uh, killer fish meat, uh, those populate the store with some cheaper healing items that will help you um, if you are like me and not necessarily super great at this. It will help you um, uh, heal through some of the more difficult encounters. Yeah. Yeah. The the food one is a little bit obnoxious the way it has to drop. For some reason, I had really bad luck with salt. (laughs) Um, the, uh, the rare meat or whatever, like the tasty meat, mm-hmm. uh, one I got, uh, you know, pretty easily yeah. just cause of luck, but yeah, salt, I had a really yeah. hard time finding. Um, and some of these are li- literally Castlevania two style counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, mer- merman meat mm-hmm. does not come from merman who you fight. <laughs> it comes from a very specific kind of, uh, you know, uh, weird secreter mm-hmm. thing when you fight. Um, but generally the other thing about these guys is that the back half of the game is hidden behind rescuing them all. Yes. So this has, um, you know, a cooler implementation of the upside down castle mm-hmm. kind of thing where that as a reward, you know, we talked about that. I, you know, I love Symphony of the Night dearly. Uh, the upside down castle, the level design is not nearly as good and powerful. Yeah. It's an A plus um, reveal a, with a D level attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is, uh, you know, probably like a B or a C level kind of requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, just collect all the collecty things, mm-hmm. but you get a whole the whole half of the game. Like right. you have not, you know, really played Order of Ecclesia if you don't do mm-hmm. this bit because it gives you the castle. Yeah, like uh, a, a full micro Dracula castle. Yeah, and like the, this is something like it's weirdly a tradition of the portable Metroidvania Castlevanias. You know, mm-hmm. um, like man, the one that you have the the one that you have to do for for Curse of uh, Oh gosh, or for Dawn of Sorrow rather is uh, ridiculous the rare yeah. like souls and stuff like here though, you know, the majority of the NPCs that you're going to need are directly on your path. There are only like two that were like, Oh, you've got to destroy a wall uh, yeah. to get through and find it. So yeah. and it's always satisfying to find them as well because it means a new quest and new upgrades and stuff like that. Like they're meaningful. Mm-hmm. So they're not just collectibles. Yes. Yeah. They're human beings with souls and dreams. <laughs> yeah. um, doing this made me want to replay all of the uh, the portable Castlevanias pretty badly. It, it, it makes my heart ache that like that is something yeah. that's probably not in the cards to me for the next month. Yeah, I don't I don't know when I will get a chance to because I'm mm-hmm. doing all these portable Resident Evils right now. Like, <laughs> I, I, there's not enough time hours in a day. But the uh, you know what would be just like an absolute A plus 
uh, thing would be start porting compilations of those to Switch. Yeah. Three three to a cart. Mm-hmm. You know, three to to a set. Like, just fucking incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Give me but, those shits. Uh, day one purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Konami does not care. For, does not care yeah. about us. So. Well, they could have 150 of my dollars, like, right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at my big gaudy stimulus check right now <laughs> uh, in front of it. I would gladly put part of that to this. Yeah. It, it just, you, you'll, you'll save America by spending yeah. money. <laughs> on, a, on a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. Uh, by doing switchboards. Mm-hmm. You know? So it doesn't matter. Like you think, oh, well, how terrible would it be? We're gonna lose the touchscreen stuff. That that's fine. Get rid of the touchscreen stuff. You're you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a in in yeah, literally ported out. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing about Dawn of Sorrow. Yes. The uh the feeling of getting beating one of those bosses and not doing the glyph in time mm-hmm. uh is one of my least favorite gaming feelings. Yes. Hall like, of Shame. Yeah. What a, what a horrible gaming feeling. Like, I like that game a lot. That's a yeah. bad gaming feeling. Though. <laughs> and I care about gaming feelings as a feeling gamer. <laughs> uh, as a feeling gamer, American. Um, yeah, as a feeling gamer. As an emotional gamer, American. <laughs> as a sensitive gamer. <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite of the Shanoa. I, I got all of Shanoa's emotions, and now they're in me. I'm, I'm like the curse rod of Greatwood. I'm all, like, full of them, or like a firekeeper. I'm all roiling with emotions. Um, yep. Just just bubbling under your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like the other games, uh, kind of in this mm-hmm. in the in the strain of Castlevania's, uh, there is a, an alternate play mode that opens up after you uh, beat the game. You've got a hard mode, but mm-hmm. then you've also got Albus mode. Albus is kind mm-hmm. of your initial villain that you're chasing after. Uh, in this. Yeah, so think like Richter mode mm-hmm. in Symphony of the Night. You know, he uh, does not have the as much in the RPG elements, but has a you know a steady uh, kind of move set. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not fuck around with this too much. Right. I did a little bit, but I had to move on to other stuff. Um, I did watch this morning a uh, tool assisted speed run of Albus mode. Okay, which is hilarious because okay. it uses the teleport move. That he has, uh, mm-hmm. which just looks like when Homer slides on the grease. <laughs> get, uh, and it just, Nobody so loves Oily Homer. The, the, uh, not Oily Homer. The uh, the one where he's trying to get disability. Oh, gotcha. So, so he gotcha. slides on the grease and like little help. And mm-hmm. gets pushed back. So Albus looks like that. And during the stages where there's jumps and stuff, like it breaks it up. But some of these stages are just a big, long, flat line. Mm-hmm. And it's just him going <laughs> through all the enemies. <laughs> From one to what, another. What, what's what's that mean where the thing goes flying through space like shooting stars or something like that I, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty good yes uh, but uh you know this i i like that they include these mm-hmm. you know I, like and i've never completed any of them i mm. always just think it like it would be cool i haven't played through richter mode i've gotten pretty no. far in richter mode but then i'm yeah. like you know i think i, I did the one in aria of sorrow um that was that was good but are you playing mm-hmm. as julius yeah but. maria mode is real good mm-hmm yeah, the new, but, um, aesthetically, uh, this game is beautiful. It's a nice mix of old Castlevania enemies and new Castlevania enemies. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we brought this up during, uh, Symphony of the Night, but I just want to throw this out there. Uh, secret understated, like absolute MVP of the Castlevania games is death animations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a game series that has as consistent a quality across the board, <laughs> excepting perhaps like the new doom. Right games but like everything when it dies <laughs> it is just an absolutely beautiful over the top goes into like just like, a fun gory routine yeah yep the the fish thing that jumps out as its skeleton and then shatters on the ground <laughs> like 
all of it is so good. Yeah. Um, just absolutely beautiful. And like, yes, they are reusing enemies. That's what all these games mm-hmm. do. You know, but there are plenty of new ones on this. Yeah. Um, Very good, real, big, real cool. gorgeous boss sprites are, uh, yeah. are put in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and the music is generally really good. Uh, there is tons <laughs> of weird, like, game show jazz. Yep. Uh, that mountain pass <laughs> thing. Like, I, I think this is your edit. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe. So not to backseat edit, but you no, don't do worry. I, I, I love that mountain pass song, man. Like, because it's like, so fucking silly. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like what? There's no intensity to this at all. Like, I don't feel in danger. Yeah, I feel like I'm about to win prizes. Like, this is fucking, <laughs> it's weird as hell. Yeah, and like I mean, so we're recording this after you know, like after we recorded the episode of Bonfire Side Chat about the Kingsfield Four soundtrack. Man, yeah. like sometimes you need dorky instrumentation and like just just a, just a skosh of jazz. I don't, yeah, I don't want to listen to jazz in real life. Like, right. I'm not a jazz guy. Uh-huh. But you it's add a fun just ingredient. a little bit to video game music, yeah. it's a really good ingredient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a little bit. It's like tomatoes with me. Like, I'm not going to just, like, sit there and eat a tomato like an apple, but mm-hmm. throw a little bit of t- tomato. Yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like a bit, like a big old slice of tomato, but, you know, like, is it just some yeah. pico? That's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, a little pico de gallo. Yeah. yeah. This is the salsa. Yeah. Uh, different kind of music. <laughs> but yes. it, it's so dorky. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes it just is classic bangers, like the the Ecclesia music, like mm-hmm. the the actual you know home base music. <laughs> that that, that is awesome incredible. organ, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Like mm-hmm. really good soundtrack. They also uh, you can find CDs that have old Castlevania music, and you put them on from the menu. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, I want to listen to Castlevania one music, <laughs> and then you just that turns into the stage music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why not? You know, and there's that you know, we mentioned there's an NPC that has quest lines to get more classic Castlevania music if you'd rather use that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, just just a, a, another note about the uh, about the art style. Uh, this is kind of a return to the art style that uh, came. I like. Let's say it was Aria of Sorrow and before, kind of the more wispy um, painterly style, as opposed yes. to kind of a uh, a broader uh, anime kind of style that you had for yes. Dawn of Sorrow and um, Portrait of Ruin. Uh, you know, your taste is going to differ. I fucking love the wispy painting classic. Style. Yeah, yeah. Um, All these and, character portraits are wonderful. Yeah, you know, just like like really, really good looking. So yeah, yeah this is this is definitely my preference as opposed mm. to like Neo Tokyo shit. Right. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I'm curious if you found anything. I did not find a lot of development details about this. Uh. Just you know, either on the usual sources that I go to, or by doing searches for like interviews and and things like that. This is this just has not been documented very much. No, well, it's kind of a black sheep. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, like I, I had a similar experience. Um, there's a lot of cut content, but none of it is interesting. Right. You know, it's all like menus and stuff like that. I was trying to find things that, that might suggest different directions and such. And it feels like a fairly assured product, mm-hmm. like a fairly confident thing. Yeah. Uh, based on that. So, I, yeah, I had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it was made the same by the same team who did Portrait of Ruin, uh, which is also good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, came out mm-hmm. when, when Castlevania games were also coming out on the PSP. Right. Just kind of past the uh, Nintendo dominance of handheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this was made during the development process for, um, oh gosh, Lord of Shadow as well. Yeah. Um, and it came out like right alongside Castlevania Judgment, the really bad, <laughs> the really bad uh, 3D fighting game uh, for yeah. the Wii. Uh, Have there, we done that Project Suffering yet? No, we ought to. Yeah, um, that seems like a no-brainer. There, there, there's a character whose like sole quest line, um, like like her story is that she wished that she, she wishes that she had bigger breasts. Yep. 
that's that's kind of that. that's kind of the shit uh, that that is dealing with. But there was some yeah. th- there was some perhaps um, Konami deserved to die. <laughs> the, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you um, shouldn't do that kind of shit. Yeah, it's dumb. There, there there was some uh, <laughs> there was some crossover. Like there was some like co- connectivity to that. So like if you linked Castlevania Judgment with uh, with Order of Ecclesia on your DS by Wi Fi, you would just get a helmet that like doubled all your stats. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, look at looking to uh, looking to get people to buy that stuff. That is such a weird, uh, also ran kind of thing in gaming. Mm-hmm. Like the like get the related game on the portable and have them unlock bonuses for each other. Mm-hmm. Like I is such a weird like that was such a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically 10, like on ago. on GameCube, uh, it was a replacement mm-hmm. for the fact that they uh it kind of uh stepped on a rake when it came to not doing online so like any yeah. game that but that was multi-platform like they you know we don't have online but if you buy the if you have a game boy advance you can get this and get yeah. extra stuff yeah, yeah super strange mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah um so yeah there, there's a there's a little bit of that stuff yeah. um the nice thing is by the time this came out um they kind of realized that touch controls were not additive uh, there are touch controls in this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Albus, that is how you do your teleport. If you're Shinoa, if you have the owl familiar, they will attack where you tap on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is more of an Easter egg than anything. That's yeah. not useful. Fly uh, my pretties. Yeah. Fly my pretties. Uh, but yeah, touch controls on the DS were a uh, huge mistake mm-hmm. in everything other than Rhythm Heaven. So <laughs> right. uh, get them shits out of there. Yes. Yep, and you know, by two thousand eight, the, the uh, just everybody was more confident. They didn't have to yeah. sell on a gimmick; they could just make a banger of a game uh, like this. Yeah. Although sometimes making a banger of a game isn't enough. You know, one of the things that I read with Igarashi, uh, an interview with with Igarashi around the end of this, uh, around the end of this era, kind of revealed something that probably explains why Konami stopped making these, which is mm-hmm. that Castlevania games were a weirdly bad economic prospect. They're more popular in in America. Uh, they are really expensive to develop uh, compared to other DS games. They use high capacity cards and generally, you know, especially in America, you had to sell D- DS games at a lower price point. So even though this might have been a $60 value proposition, you're going to put it out at 40 um, on the DS because that's what the market demanded. So that's a bummer. And probably one of the factors that led to this being the last full 2D Castlevania game that Igarashi uh, would work on before leaving the company in 20, 2014 and starting to work on Bloodstained, which I still have played because 2.5D is ugly to me. Yes. Um, someday I will play it. Mm-hmm. Um, Konami would make more, but he would not. Yes. Konami would move on, uh, like we said, to do the Lords of Shadow games um, that had a spinoff. For the 3DS, uh, that kind of used this style a little bit. It was like a two and a half D uh, kind of thing mm-hmm. that is also available on PC. Uh, that is Mirror of Fate is what that spinoff is. Um, and, I, you know, it, you mostly just hear mixed mixed things about it. Uh, yeah. Like the the only like like the the actual swan song swan song for these was Harmony of Despair, which was like an online co op arcade game that used these assets and these characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the, this naming convention mm-hmm. thing that they marry themselves to bit them in the ass because <laughs> maybe I, uh, if you had just told me Harmony of Despair is a really good, mm-hmm. you know, portable Metroid I hadn't played, I'd believe you because they all have, 
the same cadence of <laughs> right uh, well also like harmony of despair i look at that and i think wait didn't they make harmony of dissonance too yeah, yeah. that was the follow-up to circle of the moon <laughs> yeah despair is different than dissonance but mm -hmm. it's also not that different right uh you know to, they, they mean different things but it's in the same ballpark right um yeah i haven't i've not fucked with any of the uh lords of shadow or mirror of fate or harmony of despair yes um i'm good uh, yeah. you know, generally, you know, Castlevania for me needs to be like this or I don't care. Right. Um, and two and a half D, you know, it does, uh, address that cost problem a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Like two and a half D is famously cheaper to do yeah. than, than full Specifically animation. You know, you're not hand drawing everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it just looks a thousand times worse. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't look good and it's, it's less precise to control. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so a big dislike for me mm -hmm. on those type of games. Yeah. Um, big like on this type of game yeah um yeah so we're, we're gonna get into it um yeah so if you are hearing this uh you're hearing it on the public feed this is the end of the preview mm -hmm. for this episode uh the way to hear the entire episode is to become a patron if you go to patreon.com slash duckfeed tv five dollars a month gives you all of these and mm -hmm. we've been doing them for about a year and a half now um so roughly 18 mm -hmm. you know 18 or 17 uh episodes uh, premium episodes, some really cool stuff in there. And if you, uh, just patronize and then you have to duck out, we understand yeah. it is a feature. Uh, you get access to the archives. You also get a lot more, a lot of other shows. Yeah. We think that we provide a really good value for $5 a month. Yeah. So, uh, buck 25 a week, you know, we know that means different things to different people, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we don't like, we think that you're getting a lot of stuff for that. Yeah. So. Um, if you are listening specifically to a Castlevania thing, um, you would probably enjoy our horror podcast about Lovecraft film adaptations and TV adaptations, unfilmable. You get all of those mm -hmm. um, at the $5 level. Um, similarly, you get all of our Dark Souls series, the reboot of Bonfireside Chat. Um, mm -hmm. If you are, you know, curious about things that, you know, feel kind of like this sometimes, maybe. I I'm, yeah, I'm not reaching, you're reaching. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you have, have a little bit of DNA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we think it's a good value. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we appreciate you listening this far. Mm -hmm. And we hope to see you there. Yeah. And take care. Take care.